everyone. Welcome to another episode of Friends Missing Friends. Today is all about forgiveness, and I talked to Mark Anthony Lord. He is a spiritual leader, ordained minister, and the founder of the Bodhi Spiritual Center in Chicago, and Living the Course, which is a virtual global community. He's also an author and speaker, where he shares his wisdom and insights on relationships and spiritual growth. And today, like I said, we talk about forgiveness. So what does forgiveness have to do with grief exactly? I think it has to do pretty much everything to do with it. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but throughout my grief journey, I experienced a lot of anger um, at pretty much everyone and everything. I was mad at the world. I was mad at myself. I was mad at anyone who may have had anything to do with my friend's death. I'm at a point where I want to now reach forgiveness and let go of that anger. So Mark talks about what even is forgiveness, like, because I don't know if I can really define it. Um, How do you reach it? What does that mean? And how you do not have to have any sort of particular belief system for this. This is for literally anybody. It is not necessarily tied to religion or spirituality this relates to everyone and you can apply it to your life if you so choose so i also want to let you know that the topic of uh, sexual abuse is brought up in this conversation so just take care of yourself and you can check out the show notes for some suggested resources All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Mark. I guess I just want to start by asking, like, what is forgiveness? How would you define it? I would define forgiveness as uh, a letting go. What it does is forgiveness actually works in our own minds. It's Mm -hmm. not even about it doesn't impact the other person or doesn't even touch itself out into the world. The effects of it will, but the activation of it and the process of it happens within our minds. And what it, what it does very simply is like, if you have a story looping in your head mm-hmm. about something that happened, something you did, something else did, there's a resentment or regret, something unresolved, mm-hmm. it occupies your energy and a space in your mind. Forgiveness is like something that cuts the cord to that and can make that story disappear for you in a way that is from the energy of love. It transforms the energy. It brings that energy that you've been wasting Mm -hmm. in your mind on that story. It brings it back home, if you will. So it kind of gets you back into the present moment because our stories keep us recycling the past and our stories that we aren't resolved will continue to create our future. So forgiveness is a powerful way to release the past, get into the present moment. And now here in the present moment, you have an opportunity for something new. I love that. And I, I love what you said about how it's not about the other person, because I think sometimes it can be hard to forgive someone if, you know, you feel like you're granting something they don't deserve or like, you know, whatever it is, but it's, it's not about them, right? It's about like you letting go of the, the anger. It is. Now, they will receive the effect of it because mm-hmm. that's not doesn't need to be our focus. But the truth is, 
mm-hmm. wherever we allow forgiveness to set our minds free, the other person that's involved also is the recipient of that on the energetic plane. Like they will be given grace through your, the acceptance of your forgiveness. They're given grace. And because your mind is healed, if you will, from forgiveness mm-hmm. about them or about the experience, you will look at them in a new way. They will no longer be your enemy. They will no longer be the one that caused you harm. Like mm-hmm. all of that gets to disappear. Now, I want to jump in because everyone always asks this. Well, does that mean I I can't have boundaries or I'm going to be a doormat? No, it doesn't mean Mm. that at all. In fact, when you're in your power and when you're in your natural energy of love, you will create the right boundaries from that place. So your boundary is no longer from like, don't hurt me defending and pushing away. Your boundary is from self-care. Your boundary is from a higher vibration. And that's the kind of boundaries we all want to learn to set. Mm. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about boundaries, but that makes total sense. Yeah, Yeah, because people jump ahead. They go, well, if I forgive them, and then they jump ahead and they make up all these stories. And I'm like, when you forgive them, you're not even going to have those stories to worry about. You know, but that's what the mind does. It starts to fear, puts us forward and goes, okay, well, if I forgive them, does that mean I have to have lunch with them? Or, you know, it's, it's, it starts to mess around. And really what you're doing is you're like, you're afraid of forgiveness, but you haven't even gotten the benefit of it yet. Mm. Yeah. That's fascinating. So as far as like anecdotally, I can, I can make the connection to how this can relate to grief. Like for example, a story that played in my head a lot after my friend died was I was a bad friend. I didn't visit her Mm. when she was alive. And then that overgeneralized into I was a bad friend. And it just played in my head over and over and over again. And I don't know if I reached for forgiveness. I feel like I was thinking about this today, actually. I reached a rational, quote unquote, forgiveness in that I was... I kind of reached the conclusion of I did the best I could, like I thought I had more time. But I don't Mm. know if that's really the same as forgiveness. That might be like a different kind of thing. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I love that that's, I mean, that's not a bad place to land Mm -hmm. for sure. I think that's one of the, one of the results of forgiveness in your own mind is you get a new perspective Mm. and the the new perspective is kinder. The new perspective is more holistic, um, and it yeah. and and it's a win-win. It's a win-win situation. So I actually like where you landed. Um, mm-hmm. I think ultimately, ultimately, real forgiveness—not not real. You did real forgiveness, but ultimately, <laughs> I guess the <laughs> the full experience of forgiveness would include things like I'm using your scenario. Yeah. Um, things like this deep knowing that everything actually went perfectly. This deep Mm. knowing that nothing you could have done or not done would have made any difference because there's a there's a a a flow to life that we can truly trust. And deep forgiveness includes even knowing in your heart that your friend who is no longer in the physical form is perfect and you're still connected and there's love between the two of you. That's that's the oh kind of feeling that you want to land in. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. And it's possible. 
It's possible for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to hear, like, what would your recommendations be for someone to, whether it's small steps or whatever it is, to kind of start this process? Yeah, I love that question because that is important. Um, and I want to tell a story, if I may, oh, about, please. you know, we, we, for many of us, our training and our understanding of forgiveness from when we were children isn't what forgiveness is. I, mm-hmm. Whenever I teach and speak on this, I tell the story of a time when my brother and I was like nine, he was 10, it was summer, and we got into this um, sort of, you know, fight as brothers do. And my mother put us both in the dining room against the wall. And <laughs> she said, Mark, say you're sorry to Chris. I said, I'm sorry, Chris. And she said, Chris, say you're forgiven to Mark. He said, you're forgiven. And then she reversed it. Chris, say you're sorry to Mark. Mark, tell Chris you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I tell people there's four problems with that story. I wasn't sorry. I didn't forgive him. He wasn't sorry. And he didn't (laughs) forgive me. But we did it to get out of trouble. Yeah. Like we did it because we had to do what we had to do. So our conditioning on what forgiveness is from the onset feels like we're going to lose something Mm. or like if if we give in that the person's going to get away with something right and so these these ideas are what stop us from the freedom and the real depth of of um connection that forgiveness really does offer us so i acknowledge that because i know 99 percent of us were that's what forgiveness means it's like this broken idea that I ultimately lose but and then then that model of forgiveness goes well then I'll just be a better person and I'll feel sorry for them because they're obviously not okay or whatever story we make up none Mm -hmm. of that is forgiveness and it won't give you freedom so what do we do when we find ourselves stuck in those kind of cycles the resentment the rehashing the the bitterness because that's what unforgiveness does to us. I know unforgiveness isn't a word, but I use it. Yeah, I like it. I <laughs> um, like it. <laughs> but, I know. <laughs> but the problem is if we are trapped in these kind of things, it becomes toxic. Yeah. And it really will take its toll mentally, physically, emotionally. Our relationships will begin to suffer. Your view of the world will become more and more um, kind of shaded from from this experience. So Forgiveness is an important thing to really, really set us free. So how do we do it Mm -hmm. in the beginning? It's so simple. It's so simple that it's uh, kind of maddening because (laughs) all you're asked to do in my experience and how I teach it is you have to ask that it be done. Mm -hmm. And all you have to say is, I ask that forgiveness set me free. Now, if you're feeling really generous, you can include the other person. I ask that forgiveness set me free and this other person free. And what you're doing is in your asking, you're activating. Mm. So the asking creates an opening inside of you where you're kind of saying to the universe, I'm willing to let this go. And Mm. then think about your higher self, your higher power, whatever you believe in, God, life, something greater than the you that is stuck in the problem. And that's why Mm -hmm. higher power, higher self is a good idea. You're actually calling upon that part of you that maintains its connection to the higher truths. And the part of you that I call it your spiritual side, Mm -hmm. that doesn't get hurt or harmed or injured. 
in the world of form. We go to that part and we say, hey, activate forgiveness for me. And imagine like a spaceship, I get sort of like very sci-fi, like a spaceship <laughs> comes in and it starts to like, like activate the changing of your mind. There's no spaceship, I'm kidding. But you get what I mean. <laughs> I don't want people to go, there's a spaceship. Um, <laughs> but it activates the process. And the forgiveness is a purification process. Mm. And you're, you're, it is by your asking that it begins. Now, if I can move forward for just a moment, mm -hmm. the second step in this forgiveness process, by the way, there's only three steps to my forgiveness process. Number one, you ask. Mm. And number two, you refrain from repeating the story. Oh. Because when we tell the story, yeah. we often tell it from the victim vantage point. We tell it to sort of prove that we're right about it. And that's a common way to communicate in our world. It's not a high vibration way, but it's very common. So you've got to refrain from that because every time mm. you find yourself gossiping about the story or retelling it to make yourself right and them wrong, mm -hmm. you're recycling all the energy. You're starting over at square one. And oh. so refraining from it is important part of the process. Now, it's hard to refrain from it in thought because thought moves way faster than the actual speaking of words. So right. as thoughts of the story come to mind, don't beat yourself up about it. Make that a call to go back to step one. Every time the story comes in my head, I'm like driving down the road just by myself. No one's even in the car. And here is remembering happens. I go right here. I ask that forgiveness set me free. Just go back to step one and repeat it, but repeat it often. Don't do it one mm -hmm. time. Repeat it. I ask if you make it a mantra, especially yeah. if you're driving down the road. What Either your mind's going to go down a dark alley or you're going to learn <laughs> how to manage it and, and, and heal it through the price of forgiveness. So I will for 10 minutes driving down the road. I ask that forgiveness set me free. I ask that forgiveness set me free. I'm just, what I'm doing is changing my vibration with intention to get me mm. back up into that connected spot. And you will, it, you'll begin to feel the shift within yourself through the practice. Most people don't give forgiveness enough of a chance and it requires continual, like how often do you forgive? often as much as you possibly can until you feel that freedom. I use the analogy of, you know, I can say to you, well, I went to the gym last month and I don't understand why I'm not skinny. <laughs> I don't understand. I went and right. See, you'd be like, you went last month. <laughs> Just one time. And that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. It's a good analogy because it's the same thing with forgiveness. Do it daily. Do it. It's part of your, it's part, it has become for me, part of my spiritual maintenance yeah it makes sense that it has to be a lot because you're undoing something that's probably really deeply entrenched in your brain the story that you Thank tell you. yourself over and over yeah not only is it deeply entrenched in your brain that one experience but this is what happens when something happens to you you also have in your subconscious mind lots of beliefs and patterns of lack or limitation or what your parents told you. And even in your subconscious mind, you have what happened to your family, like the, the Holocaust survivors, their survival energy and all that occurred to them, that passed down generation mm -hmm. to generation. It takes a while for that to drain out and for the new generation 
to have a new opportunity. That's the same for us. So if you've got in your subconscious mind a belief that you got acquired from your family that people are unfair or that you're never going to get your shot or your family's not smart enough or whatever beliefs you have, something can happen to you and all of that can get triggered. So not only Mm -hmm. are you now experiencing the results of the experience, but everything in your subconscious mind that vibrates with that will chime in and go, oh, hey, I'm here too. Oh, hey, remember this. (laughs) And so it does, it can feel really, my point is, it can feel really large and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like the, the ancestral trauma that passes down. It yes. there were, has been like epigenetic studies that show that that is actually in our DNA or it can be. So that yeah. absolutely yeah. would affect our our thought processes and trauma as well. Exactly. And that's why if you and I are walking down the street and someone passes by and does something random, I could go, oh, that's nothing. And you could go, oh, my God, can you believe he just did that? We're literally looking at the same thing from different thought systems, which Mm. is why if you are the one that goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you just did that. That's inside of you a call for forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Not about the other guy, (laughs) but whatever got activated in you. Again, remember, forgiveness is a process that purifies your mind of these stories and of the thought patterns that aren't true. But they're, mm. they live in you. Yeah. So then may I ask what step three is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step three is go back to step one. Um, oh, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step three is so simple. because that, that was Remember, that was for if you have thoughts. If thoughts are catching you because they're harder to stop. When I'm stuck in a, when I can't, like, when the story got activated in my mind and now my emotions are activated and now I'm contracted and it's just because I was thinking, that's where I go back to step one. I go, I ask mm-hmm. that forgiveness set me free. I ask that forgiveness. You just go back to asking and activating the process. And I literally think of forgiveness as weird, but I think of like an IV drip, you know, when you're in the hospital and they hook you up mm-hmm. to the IV drip. When you ask for forgiveness, think of it as like it's just dripping into your consciousness oh, and you're just yeah. activating it. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, my my definition of forgiveness is a mystical something that is done unto you. So it's not something that we do. And this is where people get really confused. If I could do anything for your listeners, it's like separate you from the process of forgiveness. You activate forgiveness by asking. You don't do it. You don't even know how to do that. How could you possibly know how to realign all the thought systems and all that's connected to the story? Yeah. It's not possible from your human perspective and from the part of you that's stuck in the pain. You can't figure out how to do that. And that's what, that's another one of the lies around forgiveness. I've got to forgive. I thought I did this already. Or people say to you, didn't you already, aren't you over that yet? You Mm -hmm. know, and then you feel bad. Because you think you're the one that's supposed to do that. I don't have that. I am not responsible to do forgiveness. It's something mystical that's done unto me. I have experienced the profound effects and the healing power of it through my part, which is to ask. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, uh, 
I know you said this to me before, but I'd love to say it again, that this is a practice that doesn't require like a, a religious belief or maybe even spiritual belief necessarily, right? Like it's, uh, I don't know if you want to speak to that. I don't experience forgiveness at all as a religious act. I do experience it as a spiritual experience because I'm a spiritual teacher Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. But I do agree with you that you don't even need to be spiritual, but you do need to be willing right. to like kind of, again, that's why I say like, if you believe in some kind of higher power or higher thought or whichever way, or just the universe or presence, I don't know, there's so many names now for mm-hmm. something kind of greater than the part of you that is stuck in the problem. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, we all have within us that higher self. That even that's enough to call upon. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot because I think sometimes people hear the word spiritual and they just assume that to be spiritual they need to believe in I don't know crystals and tarot cards and you know and it's like there's so many different types of spirituality that. Um, you just can't really necessarily put that in a box. Exactly, exactly. And yet I think of it this way, like, and here's a good, this is kind of silly, but it works. Looking for spirituality or for something greater than me is like a fish swimming in the ocean looking for water. (laughs) Like imagine the fish being told, you know, you need water to live. And like, oh my God, I got to find water. What's water? (laughs) They're so immersed in it, but does it really matter if the fish believes in water? Like, it doesn't even need to believe in water. If it's in water, it's going to work. Right. And so I don't know if that's that just kind of works for people sometimes to be like, it doesn't matter if you believe in it. I know that there's something working for all of us. Call it love. You could just call it love. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what love feels like when we feel good and we feel love for someone or for a pet or for something that's occurring, that energy alone, you could call upon. Mm, I really like that. It makes it ex- like really accessible to people who have all kinds of beliefs and ways of looking at the world. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I don't believe in, you yeah. know, the universe as being a higher power, therefore I can't do this practice. <laughs> so exactly. I like that it's not like that. So, yeah. Um so do you have an example from your life or someone you know where they were really transformed from this practice? Absolutely. I mean, I have lots of, of students and people that I've worked with that have it. But um, yeah, from my personal life and especially to support you and your your focus on grief, um, I had a, a really, really rough childhood. And a childhood that really deserved a, a grieving time, you know, a real, yeah. like there were, there were, there were losses, if you will, that I had that were very, very deep because of things that happened to me, sexual abuse. And, and I'm a gay man. So growing up in a homophobic world mm-hmm. where you're so afraid to be yourself and, and all of the things that come with that in a violent world against um, LGBTQ yeah. people. So all of that was my childhood. And, so it was very traumatic. And so as an adult in my 20s, 
I really started to experience the effects of that through addiction and self. I just was in a big self-sabotaging. Um, I, I just hated myself. I so fully rejected myself through the process. So although that's different than your story of grieving, letting someone go, grief has so many faces oh, yeah. that deserve oh, to yeah. be acknowledged. And so what I didn't know, but I know now from hindsight is grief like forgiveness takes as long as it takes. And the more we honor that, the more we give space for that, it's it's a paradox. The faster it works. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I say that like I really do believe that forgiveness became over time as I understood it and did it more, it really did become a primary spiritual practice for me, spiritual practice. Um that really helped me become free from the stories of my childhood and the grief and the pain and the sadness mm. that I was recycling inside of me. Because like you mentioned earlier, for me, I'll just say for me, yeah. grief collapses with, I use the word, I use that a lot, um, but I get collapsed with it. And I think that there's something wrong with me. Right. You know, and that's that's when suddenly it's like, well, speed this up. Well, well, why do you still feel bad? Well, you should be over that. That's me not honoring my process and what is required. Because I think grief works. I know you know grief works. Like it works. It's a part of a, a plan to move us forward. But we often resist it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we resist the experience of it because we're afraid of it. So forgiveness really became my friend along the journey and forgiveness. And this is what forgiveness does. It doesn't bypass my experience. In fact, for me, it's the opposite. It leads me through it, which meant there were more tears, which meant anger mm -hmm. had to be expressed on a pillow. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it forgiveness moved me to my, uh, my body being used as part of the healing process. Um, so forgiveness led me to a great therapist. I think that like forgiveness, like is like, it just connects us to whatever you need to help you. Yeah. So was it through this experience that you kind of discovered, uh, what you teach today or how, how did you come across that? Yeah, I, well, so I was around 25. And I basically woke up in a treatment center. I was living in Chicago, but I woke up in a treatment center in Northern Canada. My parents had shipped me up to a private treatment center from drugs and sex addiction that was just killing me. Mm. And so I was like, found myself up in this place. It was January, Northern Canada. And I was like, I'm leaving. And they basically opened the door and they're like, the closest town is an hour away driving, good luck. And it's freezing cold. So I'm not really going anywhere. Um, so I stayed and about a week or two in, I was meeting with my counselor there and she was my angel. Mm. And she said to me, well, she said two things. She said, Mark, you've got to find a new higher power and you've got to learn how to forgive if you want to live. And for some reason that pierced right into my heart. <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't, I, I, at that point, I didn't want anything to do with God. And mm -hmm. I, what the heck is forgiveness? And I needed to live. Like it just struck me and I'm glad it struck me because it sent me, even though I had no idea what she meant, 
she was the catalyst mm. for me to start a whole new journey of what is forgiveness? How do I study it? No one really knows what it is. Like, what's like this, <laughs> this weird... So I had to sort of piecemeal different things together along the path. So for me, it was a life or death situation Wow, that got me that got me into it. And then the more I did it, obviously, like it really, I mean, I, I can't believe I have the life I have today. Mm -hmm. There are times I can't believe I'm alive. I mean, that's how intense my experience was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it changed my world. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the journey. You know, that's another thing that that forgiveness does, by the way. It, you, you're left with no shame. You're left with no embarrassment. Like what happened, happened, and it's perfect. And you can make, it can fit into your construct of how you view life, where it's part of your, of your, of your positive perspective and not something that is negative and outside of you. How does someone know if this is something that they need, that they need to reach forgiveness? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it's interesting. One of my great teachers, who was really a catalyst for me on my path of becoming a teacher of forgiveness, she used to say, how do you know there's more forgiveness work for you to do? Well, mm. are you still breathing? <laughs> that was her point. The whole, like her point is, as long as you're here, there's something that, that there's some point of view that you have on life, on yourself, on people, on whatever. Like what will happen if you make forgiveness a way of life is it's going to take you deeper and deeper into looking at constructs, uh, belief systems that are attacking and that aren't true ultimately of you. But those are the finer, subtle ones that a lot of people don't get to because they're still working on big, gross ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you know if you're just starting? You know, how do you know what, where could you apply some forgiveness for practice? Well, any person, place, or thing that you judge or causes an upset of any kind, that would be an invitation for forgiveness. Mm. If you're really committed to it as a way of life, that's how you view it. Like, oh man, that person just walked by and I, I, they, they drew by, drove by really fast with a loud car, blah, 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 blah. And what an idiot. You know, if those kind of things <laughs> pop out of me, for me, that's a call to go, oh, wait a minute. There's something again. And this is where it gets more challenging because the whole world would say, of course, they're an idiot. They're driving their car too fast down your street. They're, Everyone agrees. Everyone loves to attack. Oh, yeah. But few, but few people love to find the place where you get to see everyone differently. My goal in life, and it is absolutely my goal in life, is to see everyone, absolutely everyone, as whole, as innocent, as part of a presence of love. That's what my goal is. And anything that is a thought, or an experience that isn't that is what I use to activate forgiveness. But a great thing to do is because, especially for women, if I may, mm -hmm. um, the mind attacks your women you know, judge themselves so harshly 
beating themselves mm-hmm. up, what to say, what not to say, apologizing for themselves. Like there's a way that women in our culture, because they've been suppressed, yeah, have sort of patterns. So you could begin paying attention. What am I, what kind of a, a hammer am I using against myself inside my thinking and inside what I'm saying? You could start there and say every judgment that I have and a way to do it, take three minutes and write. What judgments do you hold against yourself? Judging your body, judging your mm. success or your not success, judging what you said or didn't say, judging something that you did in junior high school. <laughs> that was, that, oh, you know, and you, <laughs> yeah. you could just take five, three to five minutes and just like, what am I holding against myself? That list becomes a place where you could say, you could put, this is what I have people do, put your hand on that list and say, I ask that forgiveness set me free from all of this. I am ready to be free from these stories, these thoughts, and these judgments against myself. I ask that forgiveness set me free. That is a really amazing thing. And if mm-hmm. you stay on that, and if you stay on that, and you just do that. Like I, I always want to get people to the 21 day kind of practices. If you focus oh, on yeah. forgiving yourself for every judgment for 21 days, I'm talking like a minute in the morning and a minute when you go to bed, set your alarm on your clock, close your eyes, say, I ask that forgiveness set me free. I ask that forgiveness set me free. Put your full attention on that statement and repeat it for one minute in the morning and one minute at night. That's two minutes a day yeah. for 21 days. Wow. That's 42 minutes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the end, you should be feeling lighter, you should be feeling more spacious. You're suddenly, something will begin opening within you. It's ultimately the only way you're going to know if forgiveness works is through the application of it. What people are really afraid of, and this is really what I know in teaching so many people, what they're really afraid of is their true power. What they're really afraid of is being in their authenticity boldly and clearly because most people around them aren't that right and so when you say you agree to a life of forgiveness you agree to sloughing off all of the stories and all the ways your energy gets misused and and fragmented and it brings it all together and you're going to rise up out of all of those agreements that you share with your family with your friends and with with organizations and suddenly you can be like oh man that's scary to step out of these agreements that say we're going to be mediocre we're going to play by the rules i'm going to live in a box and it upsets people when you start feeling happier Mm -hmm. and you start feeling more powerful and you start creating from that place you're going to upset the apple cart um and that scares people but take a moment and look at the apple cart is it really what you want (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. um, and one more thought I actually consider, especially again, when I'm working with women, because I think they're the leaders in our freedom and bringing the feminine power into the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I say to them, do this for your children, do this for your future generations, do this for your family and friends so that everyone gets the opportunity. If you feel called to wake up, to greater good. Know that you're not just doing it for yourself. Mm, I love that. I really, really love that. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I, yeah. I, yeah. I can totally see how it would be scary because, and I've been experiencing this too in my life where those negative stories that we tell about ourselves in the world over time can start to feel like our identity. And so sloughing yeah. that off feels like, oh my God, like who even am I? <laughs> like that's yes. who I am. So uh, <laughs> it's definitely scary. I haven't experienced this personally, but I can imagine how incredibly difficult it would be if, for example, someone caused extreme, extreme harm against a loved one, murder or assault, like yes. so many things. How, how would one even begin to broach something so huge? Because I, I can just imagine how incredibly difficult that would be to think, how could I possibly forgive this person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was my path. That was my path. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's quite mystical. And I get a little nervous sharing it. But I also feel like it's important to share it. Because um, I, seriously, I could not have caused the gift that, that I received on my own. This is how I know it so fully. So as I mentioned... I was sexually abused as a child mm -hmm. and it was really haunting me as an adult. It was infecting my relationships, my sexual, my sexual experience with my partner was always overlaid. And like, I'd be, I'd just get apocalyptic images in my head. Mm -hmm. um, it was really quite, it was all those things you speak of. It was very traumatic and it was very um, painful and it was really getting in the way of my mm -hmm. experience of life. So this is, again, coming out of the treatment center where I was like, man, come on, forgiveness, come on, forgiveness. And I was, it wasn't an overnight miracle that I got. I, again, mm -hmm. I, I went to therapy. I went to 12-step meetings. I worked with spiritual counselors. I, I really had a full commitment to my healing because it was hurting mm -hmm. too much. It, I wasn't living well inside of this story, but I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. So adding up, you know, therapy was helping, 12-step was helping, working with spirits, like all the pieces that I was doing while I was just practicing forgiveness were coming together. I was sitting with my, my spiritual counselor and I was in the triggers of this story again. And she did this prayer for me of forgiveness, the way that I teach it now. And, and just an asking and just an opening. Well, that very weekend, I was living in LA I flew to Chicago. I was a director and choreographer for a living and I was being considered for a big job. And so I went to the table read and mm -hmm. during there, there was sexual abuse in the script mm -hmm. and I was kind of taken aback. So here I am sitting at a table read with all these people around me, producers and everything. And I'm like barely breathing oh. on the inside. So I made it through the weekend. I got on the plane to fly home. I remember this. I sat by the window. I put on my sunglasses. I looked away from people and tears started to come down my face. And I just was like, I asked that forgiveness set me free. I asked that forgiveness set me free. And I was just kind of begging for relief. And suddenly something, I'll call it spirit. Spirit pulled me out in my mind, pulled me out of this story that kept haunting me. And it said, look at this the way I see it. And the whole abuse scene disappeared. And all that was there was light, dancing with light. 
It was just mm -hmm. in back of everything, all the traumas, all of things. There is love, dancing with love. There is a, a source of goodness that we all are, and that's what's real. Everything else overlaid over it will dissolve. And every one of us will find ourselves in the center of our own divinity, our own natural power. That's what I was shown. The story was taken off of it, and I was shown what's really happening. And then that story was kind of put into a ball. This is all in my mind. And it was thrown out into the universe. It was like, this will never hurt you again. Oh, wow. And then I kind of popped back into my experience. I know that's so crazy mystical and it's weird, but it happened. And mm -hmm. from that day to today, I have never been haunted by it. In fact, I was told, by the way, you won't even think of this unless you use it for teaching purposes. Oh that was the gosh. only reason. Like this, suddenly yeah. it'll come to me for teaching purposes and I'll tell the story. But throughout my day, I can't, Hannah, it's not in my cells. It's not in my memory. It's not in my body. It's not in me anymore to even think about or go to. I mean, that is what I would call a miracle. The miracle yeah. of forgiveness will dissolve the pain. It will release you from the story and it will place you on higher ground where it cannot, a story can no longer touch you. That's honestly, that's my deepest truth of it. Yeah. And that was my experience of it. And I wish, I wish that for everyone. I really, mm -hmm. because I feel like I was just given this gift. But the reality was, I wasn't just given it. I had been working. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those like, oh, you're an overnight, you're, you're an overnight success. No, I've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you did all that work. You asked for forgiveness over and over. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't an easy time getting there. I, I will admit that. Like I had to really dedicate myself and it was scary. And there were times I didn't think it was working at all. But then suddenly it all culminated in the right moment. And I really had a, had a, had a miracle. Wow. Yeah. And all I know is like, I'm not special. Like if that can happen to me, that can happen for everyone. Spiritual healing through forgiveness really does work. That's so beautiful. And it's probably, I'm assuming, I don't know, but maybe experienced a bit differently for everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like mine was more visual and, you know, but, but that's kind of like what my meditations are like. That's just kind of how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. So I think forgiveness works perfectly through each one of us exactly how we're wired. Someone else may just have an exhale that goes... Huh. and it's gone. Mm. You know, it can be very simple. It can be, and it can also primarily, and this is mostly how it works. I think I was given that dramatic experience because I think it was in my calling to mm. teach forgiveness. So, you know, I was sort of given an extra jolt. Yeah. Um, but for, for most people, it's the dissolution of the story over time. Right. It's more right. gentle and it just releases. Like if you, you know, like how if you're getting a massage and the muscle is so tight, but if you just are gentle and keep, it eventually will release and let go. That's kind of how it typically works. Mm. Yeah, where you might not even realize it's happening over time. And then one right. day you're like, oh, wait, I, I do feel lighter than I did however yeah. long ago. Or, <laughs> so, or and, and the great test is like the story of popping your head. Like, I haven't thought about that. 
oh my God, when's the last time that popped into my head? Like you suddenly realize your mind has been freed from the habitual recycling of the pain body. Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey. Sound engineering is by co-producer Eric Siegling. Original music is also by Eric, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. See you next time.